You are listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Nathan here. It's an honor to spend a few moments with you. I want to talk for a little while from this subject, the checklist and the way. Now, if those two different words make you think of very specific things, I want you to know that's intentional. When we think of a checklist, it has a certain meaning for us. When we think of a way, it has a certain meaning for us also. And I, this past week, I was able to preach some about how it's so easy for us to get our identity either from the things of this world, our secular lives, or to get our identity from a perception of our religious standing among religious people. And I talked a little bit about how Jesus pointed out both of these were wrong. We had to find our identity in who God said we were, who Jesus said we were. And so I, I was amazed at some of the people who reached out to me after that and sent me texts, people that had been serving the Lord many, many years and you would not think of as having wrestled with this, this kind of a thing. And it made me think of this truth. Uh, I have long heard this taught as a young pastor, young minister. I didn't know exactly um, what, I knew what it meant, but I didn't understand the extent of it. And it's basically this. It's very, very easy to be uh, religious and even so be emotionally unhealthy. It's very easy to have a, a relationship with a church, uh, to have religious friends, to have a sort of doctrine you are uh, claiming, and yet to live a very emotionally unhealthy life. And furthermore, it's, it's easy for us to use religious experience as a coping mechanism in our life, um, not a change agent. We use our religion, our religious experiences, our, our times of prayer, our times of worship, we use them as a coping, which is not, is not in itself a wrong thing. I just want to make a point here that uh, the goal, the, the aim, the purpose for all this is not simply to cope. But we want to be transformed by the power of God. It is in that transforming that we become who we could be in God. It is in that transforming that we are no longer a creature of our fears and our duties, but rather we begin to live a life of worship, a life of spiritual offering. And uh, rather than trying to be good enough, we give up on that and we instead try to let our life be an offering unto the Lord. Not unlike, say, uh, an Old Testament drink offering that's poured out before the Lord. So our years often, often feel uh, thinking about this, I thought of the passage in John 14 where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he, he's answering the question that Thomas has specifically. Thomas is, a, to me, a very valuable character in the gospel story because he is kind of, in some way, a no-nonsense kind of person. Uh, you know, after all of the feeling is done, after the song is sung, okay, what does that mean? Uh, and as a result, it's very helpful for us to have uh, the influence of Thomas um, on these moments of spiritual um, wonder and glory. We, we have to do something with it. And so uh, Thomas says to the Lord, uh, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Now, Jesus had said he was going to prepare a place. Now, notice that a place is different than a way. 
he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus answers, I am the way. But he doesn't stop there. He says, I am the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, we all of us quote this a lot. It's a great passage, um, as we should. Um, but I think, I think it's one of those passages that we should wrestle with. Now, what do I mean by wrestle? Um, as a preacher, I have had the quite surprising experience in my life of um, learning that <clears throat> more people are touched when I wrestle with a passage than when I formulize a passage. Now, this is a surprise, uh, at least it was to me, because, you know, I think it's natural for me as a communicator to want to turn a passage into three or four points. Why three or four? Because that's about what people can remember. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and we, we learn uh, over years, you learn that you have, to, you have to put a handle on the suitcase if you want to carry it. And so, uh, you know, those three or four points, we, we read a passage, we turn it into a, a, a handful of things, you know, a handle on the, the, the suitcase. But uh, I'm oftentimes surprised and humbled when I'm transparent with the wrestling with a passage. Um, I think the 13th century theologian Thomas Aquinas, um, he did a great job of explaining what I, I mean by this wrestling when he said all of our preaching, all of our teaching should come from the fruit of contemplation. In other words, we shouldn't just give people a list of duties. We should ask ourselves what the text means because we're not the only ones asking. We're not the only ones wrestling. We're not the only ones seeking, asking, knocking. Nor are we, uh, you know, 1-800 answer machine. Um, a lot of times there isn't an answer and not having an answer is the walk of faith. See that in the life of Abraham. See that in the life of all the patriarchs. See that in the life of Moses. The path of faith was not having the answer. In fact, for many of the dilemmas, the answer comes at the end of faith and the beginning of triumph. But in the arena of faith, it is not having the answer. And so what do you do? You, like Abraham, you wrestle with the promise. You hold to the promise. You, you wrestle with it. Um, that's what Thomas is doing here in this passage that we read together. Um, Lord, you're talking about a place. And I don't know how to find this place. Does that sound familiar? Um, that you're talking about this, I don't know, maybe accomplishment, this, this destination. I don't know how to find this. And Jesus answers Thomas as we read, I am the way to this place. I am the way to this, this place. Now, um, let's talk about emotional health. Let's talk about being a person who doesn't simply use our religious experiences as a coping mechanism, but we use our faith, our religious experiences, our church time, our prayer, our Bible study, not as a place, but as a way. Um, I think that's helpful, at least for me, uh, because there's so, many, so much of my life that is in process. Um, maybe you're all there. I, I doubt it, but maybe you are. Um, everything else is in process, and I don't know how to get there. Um, so if I give you a way, it's almost as though I have told you of something you are to experience and enjoy. I haven't given you a destination. I'll give you an example. When I say you should drive the Blue Ridge Parkway in autumn, uh, now this, most of us know what this is, beautiful scenic tourist passage through the Blue Ridge Mountains is beautiful. 
Um, I haven't told you to go to a city. I told you to take away. Uh, Jesus is talking about a place, but it's not a place I know how to get to. Uh, so it is with, 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 with spiritual ambition. That's not my favorite word, but I think you know what I mean by it. So it is with spiritual becoming. So it is with a, a plan, a goal. Um, we don't know how to get, we don't know the place. <laughs> we don't know what it's going to look like, um, but we can know the way to get there. And that's what uh, Jesus is, is trying to get at. Uh, in terms of this, this emotional healthiness that, that we have, um, this struggle that we have, this becoming, this, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, let me give you a, a, a definition of, of this emotional health, uh, not just speaking spiritually, but just speaking in terms of, of say, modern psychology. Uh, an emotionally well person is a person who can um, look at themselves fairly and redirect their motions appropriately to deal with uh, distress or elation. Uh, they can have highs, they can have lows without falling apart because they can navigate the uncertainty of life's experiences emotionally. Uh, let me say it in a more practical way. They can't control waves, but they do know how to surf. Uh, so, so that's what we're getting at here. To be emotionally healthy is to to know how to surf waves in your life. Um, you're not always doing it in a flashy way. <laughs> Sometimes you're just holding onto the surfboard, <laughs> but you're able to navigate uh, these waves in your life um, without being destroyed by these waves. Uh, the first of the year, um, I talked to my team, my ministry team, about a project that we called Wholeness. And we haven't got it off the ground yet, but it's coming. Uh, stay tuned for more details. Uh, where we, we, we directly address this issue of wholeness. What does it mean to be whole? What does it mean to uh, have uh, health in the, in the inner parts of our soul? What does that mean? Well, uh, let me just throw some things at you real quick. And again, this isn't a formula. Uh, it's not a checklist. It's just things that you will immediately recognize in terms of this emotionally whole. Um, the first thing that emotionally whole people are able to do is um, self-awareness. They, they, they have a sense of uh, their, their place. They have a sense of, of what they can do, what they can't do. Uh, and they do not in some way, in some way, get lost in their expectations of themselves. Um, because the moment you're lost, and I know a lot about this, <laughs> The moment you are lost in your self-expectations, um, you're one moment away from serious self-disappointment because you are, you are being unfair to yourself. Uh, another thing is, uh, that's characteristic of this is to have a sense of, of, of self-care, to know when you're, you need some time, to know when you need some rest, uh, to have that ability. Another thing would be emotional agility. Um, you, ranges of emotions do not cause you to fall apart in some way. Um, you have a coping toolkit of some manner. It, it's unique to you. Some people rest with pe other people. They want to be with other people. Some people rest by uh, sitting alone and uh, reflecting. Um, but that coping toolkit is part of emotional health. Um, the ability to be empathic with other people. 
um, the ability to see them with kindness and integrity. This is, this is, uh, this is fundamentally a Christian thing. This is part of the fruit of, of the Spirit. But uh, other things would be living with purpose and managing stress. All of these you would consider um, accurate assessments of emotional health. Uh, so what does that mean for us? When we see the life of Jesus Christ, when we read the scriptures, we, we need to do more than just make a checklist whereby we reassure ourselves of fears and assure ourselves that God has to save us because we followed the list. <laughs> um, that's the checklist approach. It's not wrong. We all need that. Uh, I think in many ways that's the beginning of theology for a person, to understand their biblical whys. Um, but your emotional reality does not respond to theology. I, I know some people think it does, but in my opinion, uh, the, the, the landscape, or maybe I should say the seascape of your emotions are not cued into, are, are cued into doctrine. Um, doctrine's important. Uh, it's the beginning of, you know, these, these kind of a checklist approach. What did he say? What do we do? That's good. But Jesus does not simply present himself as a type of checklist. He presents himself as a way. And we don't know how to get to where God is. But if we follow him, he becomes a way for us. In the same manner, uh, John chapter number 10, uh, Jesus says um, he's the door, not the sheepfold, but the door. And if you will come in through that door, so separation of a way of access and a place. Uh, he is, as it were, a door of access into a place that God has ordained for his people to be. And so I want to encourage you in your life, <clears throat> in all of the becoming, in all of the wrestling, in all of the goals and careers and pay the bills and all of that, make sure uh, your thoughts of the Lord, your thought, your time in the scripture, uh, you're, you're looking at the ways of your life and you're asking yourself what decision set you have that you could in some way make as worship to the Lord. I am doing it this way because I feel like this is in some way reflective of the life Jesus lived. I'm not just making a theological checklist. That's important. That's the beginning of, of systematic theology. But I'm not simply doing that. I'm looking at the day-to-day the, the -day of my life, and I am asking myself, how, how does this speak of the Lord Jesus Christ? And so I, I believe that is part of the process whereby we cease um, using uh, the story of Jesus simply as a re uh, theological reassurance. And we <clears throat> begin to think of him as a way of living, a way of being. What can I do in my life to reflect him? And once you start looking, you will see this everywhere. You'll see it in the manner in which you lead others. You'll see it in the manner in which you serve uh, opportunities in your life. The kind of husband you are, the kind of father you are, mother, wife, every single thing in your life. Once you see Jesus as a way, is now something that Jesus can speak to. But as long as all you see is that checklist, you see, 
um, uh, there's so much of your life that doesn't really apply. Now, do you see the difference in that? You need the doctrine. But when you do that, um, there's a lot of the ordinariness of your life that doesn't seem to really apply. Maybe, kind of, if you want to argue about it. But once you see Jesus as a way, everything in your life now becomes something that He can speak to, He can teach of, He can demonstrate, He can show. Lord, I pray that all of us would better follow You. I pray that all of us would seek to reflect the very principles of your selfless life in the day-to-day -day experiences that we have and in the day-to-day -day Christianity we seek to live out. Be with your people. Bless them. Be a hedge around about them. Let them know that your presence is near. Bless them. Guide them. Empower them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. It's going to be a great day Sunday. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.